Down at 10. Pick it back. Here comes the rush. They've got him sack number one. Hassan Reddick for five and a half of the season. Wow. Mahomes looks to throw it. Pump faking right side. He wants it. A comeback cut. It is caught by Kelsey. Touchdown, Kansas City. One of the greatest duos in the history of the National Football League. What's up, Campus Kid family? How you doing this evening? Today, whenever you're listening to it, we're recording at night, so it always just feels good to say this evening, but we are back. Canton Bound, episode five. They let us back in the door for another one. First and foremost, before we get into tonight's topic, the teardown dynasty strategy, let me have Chris Collinsworth, my partner, my co-host, the main man, Adam. Slide on in here, buddy. What's going on tonight with you? Well, you know, Mike, it's time to get back to our roots. It's time to talk the teardown. I'm excited, man. I'm excited. Teardown is uh, is the roots of what our brand, South Harmon, was, uh, you know, kind of featured around the the teardown approach and campus to Canton. I think this is something that if you if you don't do it very often or think about it this way, I think it can really help you pick up added depth when you don't think you need it in Dynasty, no matter the format. Right, and sometimes uh, you you'll just find yourself uh, tearing down, and in a, a few years you go, man, how the hell did I get this early first round draft pick? Where did this come from? What did I? Do? Wait, what is this? Where did I, where did I get this pick from? This this thing just appeared. But Adam, tear down. You hit it. It's kind of our roots, where we started way back when, when we were formulating dynasty strategies, and I think it's one of the most easy and uh, best ways to build these monster dynasty squads in the long run. If you want to have this long-term approach and Adam, I will even go as far as to say, even in season, like if you just look at it from a one year lens, the tear down more, more times than not becomes very beneficial because we, we rock so much variance anymore. If you think about your traditional dynasty leagues over and over again, I mean, just look at this season, look how many big name players, guys that were tons of draft capital invested in. You know, whether that's startup capital, whether that's acquired through a trade, either way, you spent capital to get these players. And how many of these guys are we missing already? <laughs> and we, I mean, uh, I know people like to look at it as like halfway point of the season, three quarters of the way through the season. I don't, have we even hit a third of the way through the season yet? I'm not a math expert and I'm not good with fractions, but I think the answer is no. <laughs> not, not quite. Um, for the, for the mathematicians out there, <clears throat> even for fantasy purposes, we're not even a quarter, so uh, you know it's just oh. we'll get there. But you know, what one week at a time, everybody, one week at a time. So, what is a teardown? Well, a teardown is kind of what it sounds like. I mean, we're we're simple people. We're we're <laughs> simple minded. <laughs> in its most rudimentary, elementary form, it's going from one tier down to another tier to pick up an additional asset. And. What I always like to start off with is just explaining simplest in the the most prevalent term or the most prevalent position we have in dynasty or fantasy football as a whole. Think about wide receivers. Right. 
We have so many wide receivers. If you're going to tell me the amount of wide receivers that are just generically worth a first-round pick, Adam, 30-plus, give yeah. or take? I'm <clears throat> probably going to depend somewhat on league format, but, I mean, you're going you're gonna to have a hard time convincing me it's not at least 25. It's a lot, right? There's a lot because yeah. there's so many of them. Now, if yeah. I were to tell you how many running backs are worth a first, it's definitely not 25. <laughs> uh, get back to that, you know, getting the math and f- formulating the percentages because I don't – I'm not even sure it's a quarter, Mike, but we could have a debate, you know. But the point is it's it's less than 10 for most people, you know. So if you have all these wide receivers that are technically worth a first or more, how do you differentiate between them? You do it by tiers, right? There you go. What Ranking tiers. tiers. There right? you go. We can understand that Justin Jefferson and Jamar Chase are very good dynasty assets, very good wide receivers. Now, whether you have them in the same tier or not, there's a conversation to be had. Is there a difference between the two? Right. I think if you were to poll people right now, even after Jamar Chase's big game, which was a lot of short passes or, you know, he got heavily involved, but the first two weeks weren't good. And Justin Jefferson, I think I seen is on a pace for 2,500 receiving cards <laughs> this year. Now, uh, that's not going to Adam, if that actually happened, holy Holy shit. <laughs> I don't, right. don't think that's going to happen. But if it did, you know what I mean. I, I think that there's a there's a difference between the two. And we like to break them up into what we call tiers. Right. You could also agree that, you know, Tyreek Hill's awesome, A.J. Brown's awesome, Stephon Diggs. But are they in a different tier than Justin Jefferson? And I think most people would agree, yes. Right. So the, if, you, if you think about it, too, when you, if you were to go through and rank players, or if, if, if in your head you have – your wide receiver room. Let's stick for the wide receivers right now, right? To Mike's point, let's say you got Jefferson at one. There maybe is a debate for people at two now, whether it's Chase or CeeDee Lamb. And you go all right. the way down the list, like Mike's saying. It's it's one thing to rank them by number, but the best way to really think about this teardown strategy is to then formulate tiers. So for most people, they're probably going to have Justin Jefferson in a tier one, right? But if you wanted to have other people in there, think about it for you in a tier. And in a tier, essentially, is going to mean you wouldn't necessarily trade these assets one for one, but you value them similarly enough. That would be a tier, right? You create that self yourself a tier. So let's say you had Jefferson as tier one. Then tier two, you put, you know, CD Lamb, Jamar Chase, whoever that is, is tier two. You go further down, maybe age becomes more of a part of it. You got Tyreek Hill, Stephon Diggs, these guys, you want to put them in tier three. This is not even my rankings. I'm just saying, in generalities, <clears throat> this is how you formulate tiers. And if you think about things in tiers, you're going to be able to find and exploit tier down trades because maybe someone else has their values a little off compared to what you do, right? Not even saying they're wrong. They're just different. Sometimes those are the ways to find how to tear down in a trade because for you, maybe someone's in a tier, almost a tier two or tier three, but they don't have that player wide receiver 20. These are the type of things to think about, and that's those are the ways to think about tiers in Dynasty with ranks. And the best part about tiers, like like you said, would, would I trade this player one for one? No, but if I'm realistic about it, and I think I have a tier of wide receivers, for example, I got five or six of these guys. The guy who's number one in my tier, that's who the, who I'd value the most, and that's what I'm saying by I would draft them first. You know, I would. I would want to go try to acquire them first. If, if everything was a given, they're like, you get one of these players, who do you want? It'd be that guy. But if I were to miss out and I get that bottom guy of that tier, okay, I got 90, 95%. It was close, okay? I, it's just a minor separation. 
One of the things about the teardown, though, is is you, if you're okay going from a group of players, a group that you have, say, five or six wide receivers in, where you think, man, all these guys are kind of equal. You don't always have to do a teardown within, within your own tiers or outside of your own tiers. You know what I mean? It might not actually be a teardown for you. I may have five or six guys within a tier, Adam, but you may only have four guys within that tier. Right? The, exactly. I may be trying to acquire an asset from you where you're like, oh, there's no way this guy is even remotely close <laughs> to the ones above. And this is a smash for me. I would definitely, let me use an example, and I'm going to go off of Keep Trade Cut because even though I give Keep Trade Cut a lot of shit, they, they do have their own tiers, right, amongst the positions. They put nice little blue brackets on there, and whether you agree with them or not, they, they rank them within tiers. Well, the, the community ranks them with tier, within tiers. Their algorithm assigns the tier, right? Their algorithm assigns the tier. So, Adam, let, let's start with, like, Amon Ross St. Brown. Can we agree that he's really, really awesome? I, I think mean, he's amazing. <laughs> I mean, at this point, um, you know, it's been a long time for Amon Ross St. Brown to get to this point, I think. Yes. Multiple yeah. years of proving people wrong, but... Uh, if you don't have him in the awesome tier, whatever tier you want to call that for yourself, that's I think that's crazy at this point. He's what what do you need to prove? Like at what point do you have to just say he's so good on the football field? Who cares about the other stuff? Like who cares about his combine anymore? Who cares about his draft capital anymore? The guy's just tears it up weekly. Yeah. If I look at Keep Trade Cut, he's number one of the second tier. Like the the top tier is Jefferson and Chase. Even though as I'm doing this, it just auto updates and separates Chase and Jefferson into two separate tiers. So man, I love doing I that on a video or a podcast, Mike. Like you know, I I just did a video recently where I had Jacoby Myers. They had him as outside the top fifty. So I put that in my you know opening, and then all of a sudden he's wide receiver forty eight when I go to screenshot the trade. It's just it's fun, you know. So they have uh, they have Amon Ra beginning essentially now tier three. And that tier includes CeeDee Lamb, Tyreek Hill, Chris Olave. But but say, for example, you don't believe, Adam, for you, Chris Olave is actually in that tier. I look at it and I go, yeah, yeah, yeah definitely. He's within that tier. But you and I have a difference of opinion. Sure. If I, if I come to you and you're like, man, Amon Ra is so really good and I think he's above that. And I offer you Amon Ra for your Chris Olave plus. Like... Depending on how much of a plus I'm asking for, it would be a difference in me tearing down and getting an additional asset. Now, we can debate how much that's actually worth. If you were in that situation, let's say it's not Chris Olave. Let's say it's actually a guy who would be a tier below for you. So, DK Metcalf. Would you be comfortable giving up a DK Metcalf in a second for my Amon Ra? If you really valued Amon Ra, let's say, as wide receiver three. Probably. I mean, I'm not. I'm not going to say that I I would actually make that trade, but that's that's one thing for a lot of people to go to wide receiver three in dynasty that they would make that second attached to DK to go get him. Right. Just uh, to move up and yep. everything we're going to do is also uh, league format depending. Right. What you would do in a lineup sure. versus what you would do in a best ball is very different. But we'll highlight some of that stuff later. But just I'm trying to talk into the yeah, yeah. most general sense that I can think of. Right. right. Now. But <clears throat> this is in general purposes. Yeah, gen- general purpose tear down strategy. Yep. <laughs> that should have been the uh, that should have been the title of the show. I like I, that. I still got time to change it. <laughs> still, got, still got time. All right. So. You, you don't even have to do a tear down outside of your own tier. 
You just have to have a general knowledge of what those tiers may be for other people, whether it's keep trade cut, whether it's ADP, you know, uh, whatever you really want to use your inside knowledge of your league mates and how they value certain players. Uh, one of the easiest things to do, at least for me, and I like to take advantage of this and I'm sure people use it against me is there's a ton of content creators in the space, right? And their ranks are public. There's a way to find out <laughs> you're uh, you're easily accessible, and I've had people use this exact thing against me because they're like, I see your ranks. I know how you rank them. <laughs> Why don't you want this guy more than this guy? And if they're not within a tier, I, I don't have a valid argument. <laughs> like, you're right. I, I would pay extra to, to move up a tier in this scenario. So there, there's plenty of different ways where you can kind of work in that knowledge base. But, Adam, the most truest sense of the way is actually getting outside of universal tiers and sometimes jumping down one two tiers, full tiers. Uh, for example, for me, if we were talking about Amon Ross, say Brown, for me, I have him as a tier two wide receiver along with a bunch of other people. But if I go look at my tier three wide receivers, DK Metcalf, Brandon Ayuk, Drake London, Devontae Smith, Devontae Adams, like some of these guys, that's where I'm trying to get the tier down. Now, I can understand that maybe more people are higher on Devontae Smith and they move him up and he's actually a tier two wide receiver or, you know, however they rank him, they're higher for him. But there's some guys in here where I can immediately go, Brandon Ayuk, can I get a plus to move down from a Amon Ross St. Brown to a Brandon Ayuk? And what do you think that plus is reasonably? And I think, just being honest, maybe not for some of the most – sharper leagues or a lot of these patron leagues that we play in where everybody listens to what we do all the time and likes to use our strategy against us or we're constantly out here singing praises of Brandon Ayuk. Maybe if I was in a more random league where people didn't know me, Adam, I think there's a realistic scenario. I could get Brandon Ayuk in a first. Now, yeah, especially right now when uh, when Ayuk just didn't play last week too, right? right? You, add, you add stuff like that and you can get the little edge into that first. Now, why do we do a teardown like this? Right, like the first thing that comes to your mind. Why would you be interested in say Brandon Ayuk in a first for your Amon Rasing Brown? Uh, I mean, there's a lot of things that go into it. But initially, obviously, you're picking up an additional asset. In in this case, the first is liquid capital. So what I'm looking to do is essentially bridge the gap in points to where it's not a ton. Right. So I'm losing points per game probably here in this trade. But I think there's a scenario where the points per game loss, I'm not really hemorrhaging a ton of value in the points per game department. And on top of that, I'm adding this liquid first that gives me a lot of things. One, outs in an injury case. If I'm going St. Brown was to get hurt or Brandon Ayuk was to get hurt, I now have the first. Just for, If they both got hurt, you have a single first. If one of them was to get hurt, you don't have anything. right? So there's there's injuries, there's variance. I mean... Amon Ross St. Brown, as great as he is, maybe he cools off for a few weeks and Brandon Ayuk has one of those blow-up week ones like he did. There's a, there's a lot of different things, but initially I'm looking to get the draft capital that's liquid I can either move in a, in a separate trade or just hold on to in the case that things go wrong for my team. And I'm also trying to basically very narrowly just, just ever so slightly lose points per game, but not by much, and pick up depth in the department of a, a liquid pick. I always like to look at it too from like a uh, a market or like a, a stock perspective, right? Just on the the most simple terms. I understand there's a lot of nuance and stuff that goes in with finance. Okay, I'm not a <laughs> don't don't get me. This wrong. is not this is not uh, financial advice. <laughs> no, okay, no. 
Mike is Mike has not telling you that he is a financial advisor <laughs> whatsoever. I'm a I'm a maintenance man. Okay, so take that for what it's worth. I, uh, I look at it this way: I got one stock. I have one stock that's worth a thousand dollars right now, Adam. And it's a stock market. It can go up. It can go down. It could go left. It could go right. It could stay the same. Right? We we don't really know. Somebody's offering me the chance to buy two stocks that are currently worth five hundred dollars. And if I still have kind of the same rosy outlook about the $500 stocks that I have about the $1,000 ones where I don't really know, are they going up? Are they going down? Could they stay the same? That's usually a bet on what, like, give me the two for one almost all the time, right? Because what happens if one of those $500 stocks gets even close to 1000 Like 900 bucks. What if it gets to 900 bucks? What if it's worth 90% of the production Amon Ross St. Brown's given me? Brandon Ayuk's giving me that other one I got is completely free. <laughs> it's it's house money, like it, it's found. I go holy shit, look at this. I'm rich. <laughs> like I just took a one and I turned it into a two. That's generally how I approach the teardown. I, I'm I'm I don't want to go. I don't want to go ten stocks for a hundred bucks. Okay, M- maybe in a deep best ball. <laughs> okay, maybe I'll turn one. Amon Ross St. Brown is worth $1,000 in this scenario into 10 $100 stocks, which would be like 10 dumpster fire. Like maybe that would be Gus a case. Gus Edwards is one of the 10. Yeah, yeah. If I had like a, a start 15 best ball with, you know, 50 roster spots. Okay, maybe you can convince me. But I want to stay within that, that two or three range. I want to take one piece and break it up into two or three assets. Most of the time, as long as they are good assets, right? As long as they are reasonable assets. And and saying Brandon Ayuk's only worth five hundred bucks, or the the pick's only worth five hundred bucks, in reality, they would probably be worth more like seven hundred a piece, eight hundred a piece right now on surface value, where you're already close to that number, and you're doubling up. It's kind of like the, uh, uh, you know, I'll give you one dollar, or I'll give you six quarters. Which one do you want? <laughs> yeah. If you're if you're a math expert, you go. I'll take the six quarters. Yeah, it's ex- exactly. It's and a lot of times this is baked into the way that a lot of people play the game, right? Because typically a lot of leagues are in lineup and they're more shallow leagues. You're basically looking to consolidate. And there's a there's essentially a tax for most people involved in, you know, getting out of quarters and dimes into dollar bills, right? Consolidation actually has a cost advantage for a lot of people because they want to stack these chips up higher. So um, that's absolutely to, to your point. A lot of times in the teardown, when you think about it, forget the market for a second. Just look at what I'm getting today. There's a value addition in the two pieces. The problem really becomes, and I think this is one of the things to keep in mind when you, we're going to talk in a lot of generalities today, but make sure you're thinking about this for your league format because there are leagues like we're talking about deep best ball where, shoot, man, I'll, I'll carry around this change in my pocket all day long. I'll, I'll just make sure my belt's real tight and I'll let my, you know, my dimes and quarters all stay in the pants. And the some that's like, you know, you're in a lineup start eight. You do not want to have all these extra, these extra coins because you only have eight players you need to start. So to your point though, yeah, there's a, there's a big baked in value. Um, a lot of times in the teardown in just in surface value today, the two for one is maybe let's say 1.5 X the value. It's just in two pieces versus one. How about this? Um, let's talk about a lineup start nine, 
12-team league, right? Superflex, the whole thing. Where, Adam, both you and I can admit we value studs more than we probably value anything else. But let's stay within the wide receiver position. Okay. If I were to tell you you have the opportunity to tear down from a wide receiver one, that's not Justin Jefferson, right? Because that's just almost a that's a ridiculous piece, right? Just the amount of production. But let's say Amon Ross St. Brown to a Brandon Ayuk type, like another guy within that top 24, right? 24 wide receivers is pretty good. Where Even in a start nine, Adam, you know these guys are locked and loaded in your lineup every single week. Right? There's no question about it. You have to have a ridiculous squad to not be able to start a even in a start nine, a top 24 wide receiver. <laughs> like they, mm-hmm. they have to be your wide receiver five, which means you have five legit superstars above them, which could very well be the case. But just in generality, most people aren't built like that with their team. Like most people aren't. If I told you it was this whole scenario, even in a start nine, and especially where these, these more mid to late firsts carry a little bit less of a value to us specifically because we understand the format but not to everybody else. Is that still a teardown that you're willing to approach? Approach, yes. I mean, I will tell you in lineup start nine, this is one of the, one of the formats where I would say the word I would use is selective. So, there, and the reason I say that is I'm going to have to understand, and I think the psychology aspect, Mike, is just going to be something I kind of touch on. Not become, it's not going to be the main thing, but it's going to be one of the things I think about before I make any trade. For example, you hit on a point that's very big for me. If I know in my market, Mike, that this first now that I add, that I pick up in this trade. So let's say it's a lineup start nine. I have Amon Ross St. Brown, and I have an offer for IU in a first. Mm-hmm. And let's say this first projects to be late. But I know in my league market that if I take this first and I attach it to other things that I have on my team, I can get myself into a category that maybe I prefer, even to Amon Ross St. Brown. Like, can I add a first and another first, my first, let's say, and get into the elite quarterback discussion? Can I go buy something that I really need with this first if I attach it to other things? If I know that's the case, absolutely. Now, even when that's not the case, I still may do it out of principle. There's still times in lineup starting out, and I'll take teardowns like that. That's going to probably be a little more dependent on you know, how many draft picks do I have? Am I getting close to a third or a half of the league? The first where I can now have this leverage play, right? Yep. There, there's baked in additional value to that. The other thing is going to be, do I just need at this point to have a little security in case something goes wrong? Maybe I need to just get another first out there. There, there there's scenarios like that I'm going to have to take in my team, my situation. Um, I would say that there is a scenario unless my team is so goon squatted when i use this goon squad term i'm going to basically say i have i have so much depth at receiver that i don't really need to make this trade and i have picks unless i've already built myself one of these type of mob squad goon squads this is going to be a trade mike that i probably do over 50 percent of the time and, and let me ask you too so we're in this scenario where we're talking about it with a with a start nine and you said even if you're even if your league dynamics, like you still might be interested, even if even if you know that they're not like super interested in first. But let me ask you this: If yeah. that tear down, instead of involving that first, involved another wide receiver who's in that borderline late first category as far as generic dynasty value, is that a no for you then? Where you just go, 
mm, start nine because of the format. Like, I'm probably not ever starting this guy. This is nothing but depth piece. And I'd have to make another subsequent move to get the, the draft capital that I actually want. Yeah, it's pro. I'm not going to say it's a hard no, but it's going to be one of these things that it's going to be very situational now. Like, do I really need to have a fifth or sixth receiver on this team? If that's the case, maybe a one-off, I'll do that, right? But more often than not, I don't think I'm going to end up taking this uh, this trade. Understandable. And, and I'm thinking of guys like, you know, Traylon Burks, George Pickens, right? Like, you attach names to it, and all of a sudden in a start nine, you go, oh, if I'm already tearing down from an Amon Ra to a Brandon Ayuk, you know, going from a guy who is a wide receiver one type to a guy who's more of a high-end wide receiver two type, do I really want to take on another lineup decision? Do I really want to take on that other, ugh, like, could right. I do it? <laughs> you know, could right. I start it? it? It always feels like to me, and, I, and I'm a pretty hard pass on this one, like in a, a lineup start nine, because I look at it and I go, I got to make another move. Like, I need to, if I needed the depth that bad, I'm probably not roster constructed correct anyways. Correct. Right. Like, and, and that's what the, the allure, the, the bonus of the pick is, because... We're also talking about doing teardown. I mean, if we're talking about doing it right now, Adam, I mean, like I touched on at the start of the show, like we can't even say we're a third of the way yet. Like what projects to be a late pick? Variants could blow that up tomorrow. <laughs> right. Injuries, Let, let's say, bad play, whatever. It could, it could be an let's absolute dumpster fire in a few weeks. Let's say that's a two-and-one team and you're looking right now and you're like, man, there's this team's going to at least make the playoffs. Mike, how many times have you seen a team that's looking like that in week three, going into week four, by week six, two weeks from now, they're down to one quarterback in Superflex and they have lost three studs. Right. And if they don't have picks and they don't have, you know, the proper depth, uh, that's the first I'd like to have. I'd like to go back two weeks and get that first in that trade, right? Right. This is too, like we're talking about it from a lineup start nine lens, but Adam, what if I were to tell you that it's a lineup start 13 or lineup start 14 if you're one of those crazy degenerates who play in one of those type of leagues, all right? Generally in lineup start nine, I can tell you that I only really want to move down maybe a tier, tier and a half, two tiers tops, like top 24 kind of guys, right? If I'm moving out of the top 12 wide receivers, for example. Adam, if we get to wide receiver 13, or, uh, you know, start at 13, start 14, does that number for you become as big, like, what you're more comfortable attaching just a generic random to late, doesn't really matter if you think it's late right now, a late first two for another wide receiver in these deeper formats? Yeah, absolutely. I think in the deeper formats especially, you know, you, you got to really think about now, so in the lineup start nine, start eight, even start 10, those ones, it's really a race to the top in the fact of like the hammer players are going to be what end up winning you leagues typically, yeah. right? And, and when you go into this, the playoffs, even with attrition, it's going to be about what players are you having scoring 20 plus points a game that really just destroy, you know, the rest of your format in your league. When you get to these deeper starters, I mean, it, it's going to become a almost a race to the middle. I'm not going to truly say the middle, but a race to the above average, right? The above right. mediocre where it's, 
I need to have more than you in accumulation of assets. I need, cause in these formats, Mike, you lose guys. You don't care about in lineup, start nine or start 10. That's a starter for you in these deeper starter leagues. So when I have extra depth there, there's now cases, especially in the market and the psychology of the league, where if I have an accumulation issue, like I have too much, that's a problem I love to have. Cause guess what? I can go to the market and find the teams that need starters and I can actually get tier up prices when I want to later. But that's why I'm typically on these leagues. I'm going to tear down and just take the, the process play, the tear down approach in these, uh, these deeper formats. It's, it's one of those two things Like you think about this. Okay. So I just pulled up when I, when I first started like really getting into dynasty, one of the first leagues that I decided to make on my own and commission was a, a lineup start at 13 right one of the oldest leagues i have looking at it and i just uh i pulled it up for just for example and some of these flex spots and like what the the top teams who are the number one teams in there what they're starting in their their flex spots or their deeper spots would, would almost shock you okay so just for last week you know elijah moore in a starting lineup in a start nine that would almost be unheard of like if you right. got to start elijah moore in a start nine oof we haven't even hit bye weeks. <laughs> like we haven't even hit bye weeks. You wouldn't feel very good about it. Uh, Raheem Mostert's been awesome. So, you know, if, if you're just riding the heart, hot hand, that's fine. But Zach Moss being in a starting lineup, like having that depth option as a flex option. Uh, Gabe Davis, not really in consideration, probably in a start nine. Right. Well, I mean, <clears throat> not for me, but maybe for some people, I just wouldn't be doing it. No, thank you. Right. Uh, there's a guy in here starting Michael Thomas, <laughs> you know, <laughs> getting by with uh, Gardner Minshew in a super flex spot. Got to do it sometimes, especially in the deep ones, right? Right. Uh, a lot of these deeper ones, I got one more here. What well, was the two tight end league as well, just to look at some of these uh, these elite teams who are at the top. And uh, don't worry, they're not me. <laughs> this isn't, um, I'm full nuclear rebuild in both of these leagues. So you don't have to worry about me when we talk about top teams. You don't want to see the guy starting in my flex spots on a nuclear rebuild. <laughs> right. Barely have jobs. Um, yeah, like this one, you know, starting Adam Thielen on the regular. Like bold yeah. call. Bold call. Well, I mean. Up. Paid off, off well. for him last week, right? Right. Uh, you got oh, Taysom Hill. <laughs> Taysom Hill in Yikes. a starting spot. But, uh, I mean, how, and how many starters is this again, Mike? Start 13. Okay, start 13. Yep, tough one. Tyler Algier, Kenneth Gainwell. Like, these are the kind of guys starting for the, the teams who are one and two in these leagues, which are starting 13 players. I think it even if you've got a, if you've got a ridiculous squad – in a start at 13, I still think that you look at it and you go, I could always use more depth because as soon as we hit an injury or two, as soon as you hit these bye weeks, you have some really crusty, like Zach Moss decisions that you're going to have to make. Now, if you, if you built your, if you built your team with like RB heavy, right? The Zach Moss really sounds crusty. Now, if you've gone full on, like just Armageddon wide receiver, Zach Moss might not sound like such a bad option, but you're starting him in your running back spot. You're not starting him in your flex spot. Right. So very different types of roster construction, but I am more apt to to get crustier in the teardown. Sure. I, I don't want that to be a shot towards the uh, the Chris Godwins and <laughs> Christian Watsons, Christian Kirks of the world. But well, it is. It's okay. They'll, they'll, they'll survive. I am much more likely in, let's say, a start at 13 or start 14, Adam, to, to sell my Amon Ra, even though he's awesome, 
and I, I love the shit out of them for a Christian Kirk in a first. Like I am much more apt to do it. Even so, we we talked about like a, a George Pickens like type. I'm even more if I'm competing at him. I would much rather prefer the first, but I am much more open to taking a Christian Kirk and a George Pickens for my one Amundra. <clears throat> Correct. That would be because, a format to take the two. Yes. Because I know at very I'd actually least, almost in cer- certain scenarios I might prefer that to a late first. Honestly. Because then you don't have to go out and actually try to find that. I don't have to type flip. of piece. Right. Yep. I'm I'm going through the drive thru. I don't have to actually flip the burger. You know, I just it's it's there, right? It's it's presented to me. And it's, it's all it, got its dressing and it's got its, you know, toppings, we're good to go. Yeah, it's not like these uh these self checkouts anymore where they not only do you gotta do the shopping, but you gotta, you know, check yourself out too. Yeah. Do their work so, for them. Before you know, you'll probably have the ingredients all right there in front of you. You just have to, you know, put the bun on and put the <laughs> toppings and everything right in front of you as you check out. But the, I, I, the thing that's crazy too, about like, that, though, it, it almost skips a step, right? Doesn't it? It it just goes okay. I'm, yeah, it's an it, it's an expediting thing, right? Because in that market, I know I'm probably going to have a harder time flipping a first for a receiver like a Pickens, even right? If it's a late first. Now, one of the things I think to talk about here <clears throat> in this point that's a really good one because when you're thinking about a trade like this, when you're talking about Amonrat for a first and Kirk. You go across these two leagues and you may struggle, but in a lineup start nine versus a deep starters, you're going to say, okay, in the deep starters, I'll definitely take it. Lineup start nine. I may not want to because it's a smash play points per game, right? Like there's a scenario where Amon Ross St. Brown's a top 10, top five warp difference maker at the position. Yep. Here's the thing though in this teardown sense that I think in season, you're running out of time to exploit this part. You need to take a serious look, even especially in lineup start nine, where the market may be more dictating a consolidation move. So, for example, in that lineup start nine, you're more likely to have to pay more for the one piece that's higher value than the other two. Okay, and the reason I talk about this is you need to really understand right now that you're running out of time if it's already not closed window on a dynasty asset that's a consolidation piece versus a points per game difference maker. Okay. There's a big difference here when you're building your teams out. When you have an almond around St. Brown, it's going to be a lot harder to tear off of this guy because you're looking there weekly and saying, man, even if his toes messed up, look at this, this guy can win me a league with a messed up toe. What if his right. toes healthy here in a little bit, right? Drake London types, right? I mean, there's so many of these guys that the value is really, really high. But is the points per game really matching up to that dynasty value you're holding? Correct. Because in this format, that's the that's the worst way to hold it is you're going to pay more for having the Drake London asset, but he's not helping you in the points per game department. This is where I think teardowns are huge. Because in this scenario, in a one-year sprint, I would almost like I would probably honestly rather have a Christian Kirk than Drake London. You can make a case for Drake London. But let's say it's close enough. This is the scenario where in a lineup start nine, tearing down makes sense. Because even if I'm only netting a second, like that's the extra piece because I'm basically foregoing a little bit of dynasty value. But I'm getting this right now because I'm trying to go win. And there's a very real scenario where Christian Kirk outscores Drake London this season. So you're taking the extra piece on top. You're still looking at your format and saying points per game wise, I'm no 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 better off with Drake London. Right. That's that's one of the biggest things I think that has to be considered in the teardown lineup start nine 
if you're gonna t- if you're gonna stay away from these teardowns, it better be the Tyreek Hills. It better be the Amon Ross St. Browns, the guys that absolutely make a difference. Otherwise, you're missing a huge opportunity. Think about it right now. Like one of the guys who was approaching Dynasty wide receiver three, if not already there, Garrett Wilson. Still holds a tremendous amount of dynasty value. There's a good one too. But I could probably give you 20, 30 wide receivers I would project by the end of the year outscore Drake London or uh, Garrett Wilson. Pretty easy. Yeah. Drake yeah. London is one of those two, but Garrett Wilson's even higher. Garrett Wilson where, probably has a little more dynasty allure right now. Yep. Where, where you do this tear down, um, you can get crusty too, but it's a good thing to think about, Adam. You can get crusty too, but if you approach it more from a redraft mindset, try to identify targets where you go like, do I think Jacoby Myers is going to score more fantasy points than, than Garrett Wilson this year? Yeah. Like, I think that's a realistic outcome, and it very well could happen. So if I trade my Garrett Wilson for Jacoby Myers, even in a start nine, Adam, even in that, all you do is you just take what the dynasty value difference is, whether that's through a calculator, whether that's through your own knowledge, whether that's what feels right to you, and let me just add it to the Jacoby Myers side. And at the end of the day, you walk away with somebody who's going to produce the same, if not more, than one of your dynasty assets, plus maybe 90, 95% at worst of the dynasty value makeup between the two. Like, what would a trade like that? I, I'm interested to see what, uh you know, we were talking about keep trade cut, but Garrett Wilson is so damn high, right? Dynasty value. But we know the production's not there. This, uh, okay. this Zach Wilson thing is... <laughs> It's, it's not good. It's not good, it's, Bob. It's almost as if we we kind of knew, but yeah. Okay, l- l- let's play the game. Let's uh let's do the Garrett Wilson. Let's do a lineup start nine, just for the discussion, Mike. And let's see, let's take a look at trades and see what Keep Trade Cut says we could we could get away with. Keep Trade Cut tells you that you could trade Garrett Wilson for Jacoby Myers, wide receiver ten versus wide receiver forty six, right? Just as an example. And you could get a Kenneth Walker. You could get a DK Metcalf. You could get a Tony Pollard. Superflex. You could get a surging Jordan Love. Or you could get a Jordan Addison. Adam, like I want to highlight the Jordan Addison one because that's the last one they threw in there. And Keep Trade Cut would still tell the person getting Garrett Wilson that the one in the trade. Now let me just let me just throw out a scenario and one of the things I really love about the teardown is we think we know how to project everything and we absolutely as a community analyst what we usually stink <laughs> we're god awful all right probably get more wrong than you actually get right but from a strategy perspective just think about this for one year in 2023 Garrett Wilson for Jacoby Myers I told you that realistically Adam even me being unbiased Whatever. I think if you were to pull a bunch of people, especially with a redraft mindset, and you said, who is going to score more fantasy points, Garrett Wilson or Jacoby Myers? I honestly think Jacoby Myers might win that poll. Like, I honestly think he might win that poll. Okay? So it's close enough. But we even say if he, if he loses it, it'd be a lot closer than you'd like to admit for 2023. Now, Adam, if I were to tell you in two years, who's got more dynasty value Garrett Wilson or Jordan Addison? In two years from now? Two years from now. I think I think Garrett Wilson, but how how close is the conversation? I mean, we're thinking <laughs> we're having a we're having a conversation. I'm we thinking. Are, right? I had are. to think. I want Garrett Wilson, but Correct. If you told me that Jordan Addison was within 
seven, eight spots of him at the receiver position. If he's a tier below in two years, right? Speaking of tier down, if he's a single tier below, no, no one's shocked. Everyone would expect that. If he's in the same tier, I don't think anyone's shocked either. And and I'm telling you, that's the, uh, that's the stock that's worth 800. Garrett Wilson's the thousand dollar stock. But Jordan Addison might be that guy who's worth 800. And I'm telling you, there's a scenario he might be worth 1100. We don't know. Would I well, project other- that? No, but could I see it? If you told me in two years Jordan Addison is above Garrett Wilson, because no maybe, one's shocked. But one, one thing about this discussion with Garrett Wilson and Drake London to consider, right? Garrett Wilson, essentially, because he had such a good year last year and had, I mean, commanded so many targets, like we're just projecting alpha, which I think made sense. But a lot of that baked in upside was Aaron Rodgers. Yep. There's a scenario, Mike, and I know that we say that the quarterback position doesn't need, you know, the Achilles doesn't bother it as much. But forget forget about the Achilles for a second of Aaron Rodgers. Who's to say Aaron Rodgers comes back after this Achilles injury and is actually a really good quarterback? Who's to say he wants to come back? You know, he says right. it now. <clears throat> my, my point is, even if he does – the quarterback position for Garrett Wilson may not be solved right. this year <laughs> yeah. or next year, which basically puts him in the Drake London conundrum. And if that's the case, I mean, we can dunk on this guy all you want. You can say you like that, all this stuff. But Kirk Cousins for two years helps out receivers in Dynasty, forget Dynasty, fantasy significantly more than Zach Wilson, than you know Desmond Ritter, than <laughs> sure, these guys I'm, as well. I'm sure Garrett Wilson would kill to have Kirk Cousins as his quarterback right now. <laughs> like I'm sure he would. He'd he'd do the he'd do the whole uh you know, he'd do the whole thing. You like that? <laughs> we could get him to do the whole skit. The whole thing. That's one of the things about the teardown, just to to kinda to put that out there, where you can get super crusty. Now you gotta be smart about it. But in in reality it makes sense if you were to talk yourself through it. Adam in best ball I'm here to tell you that that ninety nine percent of the bets are off <laughs> in best ball leagues, right? Even in lineups where you get to the start 13, start 14, I, I'm open to getting super gross. But even in a start nine, like we just emphasized here, there's some pockets where there's players, not just at the wide receiver position, but at running back, at quarterback, whose dynasty value is inflated versus what their actual production is. And I'm telling you, if you just want to look at it in a one-year lens, there are moves like this that you can make where you could backfill with somebody who could potentially have same or similar dynasty value. Now, the easiest thing to do is just get draft capital, right? Because I can definitely tell you, we don't know. That late first looks disgusting now. You go, oh, man, it's a late first. And even when you get to draft time, we may go, oh, it's a late first. No one cares. Sell everything after the 107. And then we're sitting here a couple weeks into the season going like, damn, Jordan Addison looks good. He was a mid to late first. Zay Flowers sure as hell looks good. <laughs> he was a mid to late first a couple years ago. The Dynasty won overall. He was a you know the 11th pick, 12th pick. <laughs> like these late first, even though maybe immediately they don't look like great values. If you want to look out two, three years, sometimes those are some of the best Dynasty assets that we've had. Justin Herbert looks phenomenal. He sure. was the 111, the 112. So right. Just getting those draft picks sometimes is is generally my preferred way to do it. But Adam, I'm 
I'm here to tell you there's there's also ways to do it with some of these players, like like an Addison in this scenario. <clears throat> now, well, it does think... require you going all the way down to a Jacoby Myers from a Garrett Wilson, which people would be like, you're crazy, but right. here's how you make up the dynasty value in return. I think this is where, you know, understanding the psychology of who you're trading with is a big thing, right? Hey, if you're trading with someone that's, they guard these picks, like, you know, you're going to have to sneak in. It's going to be a heist move to get a first off of somebody. You're probably going to end up having to go more the route of an Addison type, right? <clears throat> but there's also scenarios where you, you know that the reason someone's going to get Garrett Wilson is they're, they want to have players, even if they're not smashing in their, their roster today. They'll let those picks go, right? Okay, I'll take Jacoby Myers in your first, and if you're spending your first today on Garrett Wilson, maybe I'm taking a look, and there's a reason I want to bet against your team all of a sudden, right? If you're spending liquid capital right now to help your team not win right now, maybe that's a pick I want to go get, right? So those are those are kind of things you need to think about, league format and who you're trading with. I'm trying to look, too. I mean, we, we touched on a few guys, and the wide receiver is the most easy one to do this, but... You can definitely do it at quarterback. You can definitely do it at running back. Now, quarterback, the thing I kind of caution you about is, you know, <laughs> we see there, there's definitely clear tiers of quarterback. And even even the elite tier, we thought, Adam, like there's been some pretty bad performances in that elite tier as a quarterback as a whole, which gets into sure. sketchy territory. Uh, but definitely some guys, if you would have applied this tear down strategy with like a Oh, I'm going to get super crusty and go all the way down to a Ryan Tannehill. Uh, newsflash, you're never making up that value. <laughs> never. And the production probably ain't there. <laughs> That's the way it is. So I'm a lot more hesitant at the, uh, the the quarterback position. I'm very hesitant with the elite tight ends, which is only a handful of guys for me. Um, running backs, I would say outside of maybe only a handful of guys, uh, B. John Robinson, Jameer Gibbs, Brees Hall. Um, and that's pretty much end of list. I will throw maybe Jonathan Taylor in there, even though he's kind of been out of sight, out of mind. Most of these running backs, I'm not projecting more than a year out. So tearing down, quote unquote, at the running back position, also very, very beneficial to you if you're a contender. Um, if you're on a rebuilder, though, tearing down at running back, uh, I just want to sell my running backs. <laughs> like I, I don't want them in a rebuilder, right? I'm not going to look to tear down. Uh, if, if somebody will let me... But it just becomes this this process then, okay, you let me tear down from Bijan to to Travis Etienne and pick up, you know, subsequent draft capital. Now I got to go trade Travis Etienne. <laughs> and I feel like I get stuck in this endless circle. So wide receiver is probably the most abundant where I like to apply the tear down strategy. Are there any other like wide receivers that stand out to you where their dynasty value and production aren't really matching up? John Dotson, maybe. John Dotson's an easy. He's oh. he's probably the easy case. The only thing with him is, I don't think he's had this cult following that uh, you know people kind of hated him to start with. Right. He he's a weird. He's a very odd case for me. Where like on draft day, we were you know we were John Snow when he got drafted in the first round, right? Right. <clears throat> then <laughs> th then he didn't have a great rookie season. He was injured. Then all of a sudden, this summer came through and. Like it's almost like people needed another young toy to get excited about, like another and story. he became that guy. So I don't know that I mean, he would be one if keep trade cut values are actually the case. I don't, <clears throat> I don't think that's the way it is. But if if that is the way in your leagues, gosh, Mike, he he's an easy one. Where in a tear down sense, like just to, to walk through, okay, Mike, we're we're talking about Jahan Dotson on keep trade cut right now. What what receiver is he? 
28. <clears throat> okay, so he's 28. This is a perfect one for me where I'm going to go ahead and say, like, give me, if I can go down and pick up basically anything. Now, I would try to stay in the seconds if I can, but if I can go down and get his teammate, Terry McLaurin, in a second, yeah, it's not even discussion. DJ Moore, Christian Kirk, and I'm willing to go a lot further down to even pick up a second. I, I don't even, I'm not that big on Hollywood Brown, but you give me Hollywood Brown in a second, right? There's... <laughs> I love how we're a mind belt too, because I was like, I know you hate Hollywood, but would you do Hollywood? I I, I had to beat you to it because I knew you were gonna I knew you were gonna go there. Um, I think another case here would be you know go get a Deontay Johnson. Which here's the thing, Jahan Dotson, if he has a career that's as good as Deontay's, we'd be thrilled. We'd be le- we'd be excited if I can while Deontay's injured, and I don't probably I'm not. If you're relying on Jahan Dotson's points at this point, you're probably in trouble. So if you can go get Deontay in a second while he's hurt. Those are the ones that are easy for me, right? Because I don't feel like I'm actually losing a points per game difference maker. I don't feel like this is the sexiest dynasty asset out there. So if those are type those are type of moves that don't feel like, you know, oh my gosh, can you believe what I just broke one of my league makes off with? Right. But those are honestly little wins that I think can help you huge. I think you're right too. Another name that stood out to me is like the the Jaden Reed type, which I also look at Jaden Reed and I go, why can't he be Jahan Dotson? Next year, we're like, why can't he be the guy getting that hype? So if I could get a Jaden Reed plus something, I don't really care what it is, Adam. Like, a second would be awesome. But, you know, if I'm not just looking at production, I'm just looking at long-term dynasty value. Like, give me Jaden Reed and two-thirds. You can have all the Jahan Dotson you want. Even though I like him as a prospect, too, I'm going, eh, why not? Like, maybe I could use those thirds for something else. I do think, though, that as far as the clear teardowns, teardown receivers where the value does not match up with what they're putting into your points per game lineup, I think I think the 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 list stops after that with uh, with Jahan Dotson. I think yeah. there's four clear ones for me right now, Mike. Um, <clears throat> in this range, well, there's there's probably more, but Garrett Wilson, you already highlighted, Drake London, um, Jordan Addison, and then Jahan Dotson. I I think Zay Flowers is a is a guy you could make the case for, but at the same time, he's also someone that might be good enough in points per game where you don't make the case for him as well. So he's he's yeah. kind of in that tier where I'd have to know what I'm getting back. I would throw Jackson Smith and Jigba in there just from a production standpoint. But <clears> JSN's however, definitely in there. But his, I might be willing to bet on him more long term because I knew yeah, yeah. the situation was not going to be good going in. The, the caveat for me with JSN is if you usually start as rookie wide receiver one and the community embraces you, similar to Drake London, even if you don't do a whole lot within the first year, your dynasty value is not going to suffer in year two. So, well, and, and just <clears throat> to that point, it's such a good point. I want I want everyone to think about this, right? JSN's already he's kind of we already think and decide like he's not in the mix of we we're giving him a pass going into three weeks. No one expected him to do anything. The right. fact that he's not, no one cares. And here's the craziest part, Mike: he still is the wide receiver one in in keep trade cut, which is extremely reactionary. So to the case you're making, he hasn't done shit. We don't care that he hasn't done shit. Right. We're not, we don't need him to do shit and keep trade cuts. Not bad. And I, I mean, he's, <laughs> he's had a massive fall from, uh, the, the summer months of being wide receiver 11, all the way down to wide <clears throat> receiver 13. Oh, <laughs> it's a panic button. Well, and if you, if you look, uh, one of the things keep trade cut also has, they have a 30 day trend. 
right? And the 30-day trend, I think, is one of the fun things for me to look at just because I'm looking for the extreme numbers. When I say extreme, I'm looking for at least 20, if not more, because that means they're moving 20 spots in 30 days. Right. That, that tends to be, you want to talk about tiers. You are jumping tiers when you do that. Yep. Like, JSN is down five spots. Ooh. So he, he maybe hasn't even left the tier. <laughs> he's, yeah. he's just been sitting here coasting, man. You know, he's just, he's just coasting all year. And that, that's five spots overall with all positions. That's, that's super flex quarterbacks <laughs> included. That's, that's draft picks included. Okay. Five players have jumped him <laughs> in the last 30 days, which is right. crazy. <laughs> one of which is, uh, for those that want to know, one of which is CJ Stroud, who's, you know, jumped massively. So let's go. Let's go, CJ. Adam, I think that's all I got. Uh, tear down strategy in a nutshell. Uh, I'm sure we'll definitely come back to it on our uh, Campus to Canton career here, podcasting on Canton Bound at some point, um, and give you some even more in-depth strategy on it. But I thought the tear down, we got to get it out to the people. That was our roots. That's where we started, and it's what I still apply multiple times to. You know, It's probably the first thing I start when I look at a trade or I'm trying to roster construct or team build. Can I get a tear down here, and can I exploit these these edges and, and you know in our, our patron leagues uh you know the 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 people don't let me do it <laughs> I, I will say speaking of tear down this was pretty much a wide receiver tear down episode um I'm, I'm this could be like a a finale and a prelude into maybe when we do quarterbacks because you know i, I was just talking about you know value leapers good lord campus to canton jordan love Mm. is the ultimate tear down quarterback if i've ever seen one <laughs> there it is that's how you go he's, he's it, a man. top 12 quarterback in Superflex. what are we doing mike campus to canton I, you, is this guy canton bound <laughs> he might be he might is he be. canton bound because if he's not and i don't think he is <laughs> i'm tearing down man hey, I, just i want people to understand this i made a video all right about like tearing down and options. And I talked about Jordan Love and the tear down to Russell Wilson. Now, Russell Wilson's team goes out and gets absolutely crushed. Right? Mm. They get destroyed by Miami, 70 to 20. So right. I get it. Jordan Love played awful for most of the game. They end up coming back and winning. Still overall, like kind of a bleak er performance. Right now, I would I would take a first and Russell Wilson pretty easy. But I'm telling you, keep trade cuts going to tell you that you need more. A lot like more. what, what can you go down from Jordan love and get like just in the same thing real quick? Um, I mean, goodness, man, there's so many guys that I'd be comfortable going down to frankly. Easily. Right. Deshaun Watson is a tear down off of Jordan love for Dak those. Prescott care. Is a tear down. <clears throat> Dak Prescott. As much as people hate Justin Fields, he's a tear down. <clears throat> I mean, Jared Goff, um, Easily. Kirk cousins. Kirk Cousins, yeah, Daniel but, Jones is as horrible as he started the season. I was just, off. I was just gonna say, there's much as much shit as I'll give all the Daniel Daniel Jones top five truthers. Uh, I would definitely take Daniel Jones at a plus. So anyway, uh, I just wanted to hit 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 everybody with one more little oh. nugget before we get out of here. I, it, that was two minutes on the exit. I'm sorry, but I had to. You're good, man. The 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 Jordan Love thing needed to be said. Listen, I even I even acknowledged during our, our recap show that uh. I like the way Jordan Love has been playing, and I saw, I saw something uh, at the end of last week's game, which I was like, "That's actually impressive." But Adam, I don't know if I'm, I don't, I don't have the balls to put top twelve 
<laughs> next to Jordan Love's name just yet. Jeez. <laughs> Jeez, people. <laughs> Let's pump the brakes. That's all I got, though. Tear down. The dynasty strategy. In a nutshell, Jordan Love. Go out and see if you can tear down <laughs> off of Jordan Love. And uh, if you do end up making any of these uh, these tear downs after listening, hit us up on Twitter. At Iowa Michael for me. At ATM4DChess for Adam. Yeah. Let us know. And don't forget, awesome, awesome promo code with Campus to Canton. 10% off of your purchase using the promo code South I'm not going to spell it because I've been drinking. That's all I got for y'all. We'll see you back here same time, same place next week on Canton Bound for episode six. Peace. Peace.